0: Welcome to PB&J Connection, this will not be televised podcast. Thanks for checking us out. I'm PB. And I'm Jay. Our health-related discussions will convey educational information about medical research, studies, facts, findings, and experiences of people from every walk of life.
1: Concepts will be simple and easy to understand. We've got you covered,
0: and we promise to not be boring. So let's dive into the world of health you won't find on your television. Hi, listeners, and welcome to PBJ Connections. Today's episode, we're gonna well, we're gonna start off our episode as we always start off with the trivia question. So, what is so good about laughing? That's the trivia question. Let us know at the end of the show. We'll give you some of the benefits of laughing. People around the world are actually looking at the personal quest of finding the secret to losing unwanted weight and they'll try one diet and we've seen this many times they'll try one diet stay on it for a little while then a new diet comes out a new fad comes out they'll try that diet we have to wonder are all these diets worth going into in this episode uh, jay and i will be discussing the various diets myths and as well as available medications out there and, the, and what is beneficial and sustainable over time and for your overall health and wellness. So, Jay, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in on the diet situation and, and look at the, a few diets that are out there now. One in particular is this intermittent fasting. Now, right. I do, and I'm going to say I do intermittent fasting, as, as Jay knows. And what I do is I... So intermittent fasting is basically it's not really a diet specifically it's more eating patterns it involves cycling between fasting and eating i mean think about the animals in the zoo that's how i'll always look at it. <laughs> when they know it's feeding time <laughs> that's like, like my oh, that's like my dogs my dogs <laughs> know when it's
1: feeding time they don't yes, need a clock they, yeah
0: they, right so they they have this internal clock and it's the same way it works with intermittent fasting. It's not about a diet itself, but it's about the patterns of di- of a diet, which is the eating periods in which you tend between eating and fasting. So, I so just, what I do...
1: I just have to say something here, Pam. Any <laughs> diet that? that has the word fasting in it, I'm not on board with that. I just want to <laughs> let you and listeners know that that's why I've never been able to have a successful diet... Called intermittent <laughs> fasting. I'm just saying, but anyway, right. but I, I've heard that it is uh, pretty successful in most cases. Yes, yeah,
0: extremely, extremely. Because you got to figure everything that we ingest in our our body goes through the liver, and if the liver is overworking itself and never gets those opportunities to rest, then it doesn't have the ability to function well, and so it, it's always it runs a little slow. Our metabolism runs slow. And then, like I said, there's different eating patterns. What I do is a 17-8. So I have, or 16-8, really, 16 hours of of fasting and eight hours of eating. So this is where for eight hours in one day, you can eat. Eat whatever you want within those eight hours. Consecutive. The
1: right consecutive hours right consecutive hours right Consecutive because I, I would want to flip-flop i'm just saying i would want 17 said, hours of eating the, i want 17 yeah. hours of eating and then eight hours of fasting and that would be right. when i was asleep right. okay i'm just saying
0: right it's, okay sorry <laughs> no no no. that is the optimal diet <laughs> i'm
1: just saying
0: so if you can go if you can go eight to 17 hours of eating you're doing uh, <laughs> I'm a lot saying. of eating, a whole lot. That means you're going to eat through the night or get your eight hours. You All the be you're sleeping. You're not going to be even be sleep. sleeping. I'll be
1: sleeping. Eight hours of sleeping. The rest I'm just going to
0: eat. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of different cycles involved in intermittent, uh, uh, intermittent fasting. One of them, like I said, the 16-8, the but I do 17. I do actually 17-7. So I usually fast for seven hours, uh, fast for 17 hours, which includes sleep. So for my last my last meal, I eat at like five o'clock. That's my last meal for the day. I don't eat anything else. I'm just drinking water. I get my, my eight hours of sleep. And then I don't eat breakfast. And most people get up, they want breakfast, they want coffee or whatever. You can do coffee, but you can't put the cream in there. And so, yeah. <laughs> and no snacks. Right. And no snacks, right? Right. Because this means when I say fasting, that means no calorie intake. So you can do water, you can do coffee without cream or sugar. So you just have to drink black coffee. How about ice juice? cream? Ice cream? <laughs> How I, I have to ask. That's 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 not a bad diet.
1: <laughs> you have to say ice cream. Get
0: up in the morning, and give me a bowl of ice cream, and then there's <laughs> then there's like there's a fourteen ten, which means that ten hours you have a ten hour week uh, uh, eating window, and then you're only fasting for fourteen hours. And then they have one which I've tried. I've done it twice in the last year and a half, and it's really hard. And that's that twenty four hours, right? <laughs> 24 hours, no eating, no nothing, just just water, no calorie intake or anything like that. If you go online, you can see the various cycles, because there's many that you can try. But um, for me, what works well for me, and I, I, I see how it has benefited me, is the 17, for me, 177, And it's just easier for me to remember, because now the clock in my head is already set. And that's just building a habit.
1: So did, does any of your research or any of your experiences talk about, does it matter how old you are? Does it matter whether you're
0: young or old or somewhere in between? Well, it does warn. They do have warnings for people who are breastfeeding. Okay. It's a no-no. Okay. People who are have an eating disorder, it's a no-no. Because the fact that people with eating disorder, and I'm not just talking about Anorexia, and bulimia, I'm just talking about people who have been diagnosed with some sort of eating disorder. It's a a no-no. And so there are definitely warnings against it, but the age is not a factor. Okay. It's the medical condition that actually is a determinant of whether you can do it. Also, if you take certain medications, which you know, if you take certain medications, you have to eat with certain medications.
1: Ice cream, ice cream, Pam. Ice cream. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry, listeners. I, I'm playing with Pam. I, I'm, I'm, I
0: know, but the thing is, she knows how much I love ice cream. I
1: like ice cream. I, I found a new kind of ice cream recently that I'm now hooked on. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, you want to give me the secret? You want to give us the secret? I, the I, ice cream?
1: Well, it's you remember um, when you were growing up, they had this ice cream called Nutty Buddies.
0: Yes. The yes. ice cream,
1: the sugar cone the, the, with the yeah. ice cream the and chocolate. the drizzle and the peanuts. Yeah. Right. Well, they have yeah. a, now they have a small miniature version of those.
0: Really? And In the store?
1: Yes. Well, here where I live, they do. I don't know if they do nationwide, but. Yeah, I have to. Oh yeah, my I gosh. To... I'm, I have to, that's my treat now. <laughs> and you know, the best part of it is a sugar cone. It's not even. Of course. It's, and, and the residual ice cream. Right, so I, I sorry, listeners. When, I just yeah,
0: you know. I hate to say it, but when a good humor man used to come through my neighborhood, that's how yes. tell you how old I am.
1: Yes, right. no, at that same. <laughs> I heard an ice cream truck here where I live recently. And okay. I was like, should I go out there and try to find it and get something? <laughs> I said, like, no, stay away from the ice cream truck. That could be deadly.
0: <laughs> it could be deadly. It could be yeah, a bad thing. I don't thing. even know what I. I don't even know. Matter of fact, I haven't even seen an ice cream truck. You I know, heard I've this,
1: seen this you know. Ding 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 ding, 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 Yes. Ding, ding, ding. I heard that. I mean, it's it's somewhere in this neighborhood that I live in, and I was like, oh, I gotta stay away from that. Okay.
0: Obviously, you have no kids surrounding your corner because usually that's the place they stop, and so the kids know by a certain time to be at that location.
1: Yes. In the summertime, <laughs> isn't that what you did? I mean,
0: yes. if they came yes. around
1: at a certain time, so you are like, okay, get some change out of get mom's change, purse. Right? Because I'm I mean, going after the ice cream truck.
0: Right. Exactly. Now it's probably like
1: I need $5 for an ice cream
0: cone. No, I, know. <laughs> I, I know. know. And we would just get and change whatever. Change. We a it quarter. Like yeah, we had a quarter.
1: 50 cents or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had a quarter. We knew we were going to get what we wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sad. You know, well, I, listen, we could go down that road, but we're not going to. <laughs> so, um, so here it is. There are some benefits to intermittent fasting. And, and there's research behind this. Of course, there is more research that needs to be done, but as far as long, uh, long-term effects, but as far as short-term, they have found a lot of health benefits to intermittent fasting, which it, it includes um, by reducing the your intake, calorie intake, you actually yes, it will improve not only the the visceral fat in your body, but your metabolism will actually increase. That's and so what I need. I need to do slow, that. Yeah, so if you have a very slow metabolism where you're having problems where you reach a plateau, no matter what you're doing, and I mean the fasting has shown to be a, have a lot of benefits. And this was some research that was done back in twenty seventeen when they started first looking at intermittent fasting that's why i think it's gotten to be such a big craze right now um because of the fact that people are now seeing that this was done a long time ago and people are having a lot of success stories with it but intermittent fasting improves your insulin se- sensitivity so you have a, a better way of reducing the risk of type 2 diabetes and that's just with the, the fasting part of it sure you know and so it's The research that I'm giving you is based on just the patterns themselves, okay? And so it has nothing to do with the nutrients. I'll talk about that in in a minute. Um, Intermittent fasting actually preserves lean muscle mass. So, you know, as we get older, we tend to lose a lot of muscle mass. But intermittent fasting actually preserves the, the, the lean muscle mass that we have in our body. And that was a research that was done back in 2010. And it was it was on chronic di- diseases that they were doing this. And they were looking at it and they're like, what? Wow. Okay, so compared to continuous calorie restrictions, the intermittent so they used the calorie restriction, and then did they had a, took two test groups: one that was doing intermittent fasting, and one that was doing calorie restriction. They found that the people who were doing intermittent fasting maintained or preserved their lean muscle mass in their body compared to those who were actually restricting their calorie consumption.
1: I would also think too. And, I, and what do I know because I have not done intermittent fasting I would think that if you have a certain time frame where you can eat you're probably not you're probably eating better food than if you just eat whenever you feel like you want to eat something right because people if they get bored you know what do they do they go to the fridge or they go to the pantry <laughs> to find a snack but if you have if you're regimented and you're eating only a certain amount of time, you're probably eating you know, your normal, healthier meals or healthier foods, I Absolutely. would
0: think. And, and they found out, and I'm glad you brought up that point because they found out that it also increases your desire for dense nutrient food by doing that intermittent fasting. Our bodies have a, a, a way of, of having these cravings. Um, and so it will want more dense nutrient foods. They also found out that intermittent fasting actually helps on the absor- absorption of the vitamins in the food. Specifically, they found it was, um, let me make sure I have it right. It was vitamins A, K, and, um, A, K, and I think it was A, K, and E. Hmm,
1: that's so, interesting.
0: Yeah, so actually it, it helps on it helps us to actually, our bodies will actually take the nutrients from the foods because it's fact, it knows that it has this one window. And if you make the the meals like nutrient dense, it could be, um, I do this thing with cabbage, mushrooms, carrots, and I saute all these things together. Green peppers, onions, um, tomatoes, saute the tomatoes with all this other stuff. And then I may put pumpkin seeds, roasted pumpkin seeds. I know you, roasted pumpkin seeds are not better than raw, but at the same time, I'm getting the oils and the fats. And pro, I think there's seeds.
1: protein in um, pumpkin seeds too. Right. right. I think but there's protein so, in yeah.
0: yeah, and I found out that I can't eat nuts, mm. strangely enough. Yeah. It's funny because I had some nuts the other day. I have walnuts mm. and I had, I'd never had this before, but I had allergic reaction. Mm. Because there was little bumps that kind of developed on my ankle. And I said, okay, where is this coming from? Because I knew I hadn't been outside, didn't get bit. Wasn't a mosquito bite. but These little tiny bumps. But I found out that it was, they had to do with the, the nuts that I ate. So for me, I have to substitute nuts for, uh, pumpkin seeds for nuts. Just to get the nutrients that I need. And those good fats. Yeah. So if it's, it's a, there's a lot of, of, Benefits to it, they found that they did an animal study, and they were looking at intermittent fasting and the beneficial effects on the glucose metabolism, as well as resistance to injury. Hmm. And this was this study came out and was. it's 2003 and so the animal studies indicated that the intermittent fasting actually and they did it in animal extended the lifespan the lifespan and the onset of age-related diseases i'll be darn. huh so that's why i was talking about you know everything with the liver sure surprisingly enough i mean that liver is, is we need the liver as functional it has a lot of different functions, but at this, all these studies that have come out have shown so much benefits, as well as there was a cancer prevention treatment that they use intermittent fasting. And although the studies, there still needs to be some studies that are still required to show all the evidence that has been presented on this, they found out that it has the potential to actually be beneficial to cancer prevention. Hmm, that's interesting. Oh, like ah, ha, ha
1: ha ha Well, it sounds so, like okay. I need to check it out, there, Pam. I think you should. I, don't I really don't know. What? I
0: don't know if I yeah, can Yeah, because do I'm it. gonna tell you that 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 first one that I talked about, the 14 Yeah, it's not a bet because you got to remember your sleep time. I mean. Most people sleep between seven and eight hours anyway. So it's not, you're not eating during that time. Right. So you can actually work it. It, It's not that difficult. Um, For me, I just added one hour onto that because it benefits me.
1: So, I mean, if I'm thinking about my my own routine right now, I mean, after, I don't eat anything after like nine o'clock at night. So from nine until... Whatever. Nine until
0: nine is nine nine p.m. until nine a.m. is twelve hours right there. Yeah, I mean I
1: could swing that. So,
0: yeah, so you add another three hours onto four hours onto that, yeah. and you it's lunchtime. Yeah, I could swing that. You know? I'll bet. Yeah, maybe it's not bad. It's <laughs> not bad at all. And if you go ahead and stop a little earlier, which means no stacks, but you can have tea, you can have, like I said, black coffee, you can have anything that doesn't have calories in it. Right. You can do your, your sparkling water, which you like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can find things that you can get rid of because usually after a certain time, your body's not asking for food. Right. We do, we eat after, we eat because of boredom.
1: Yes, that would be me. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Pam. Yes, thanks for pointing that out.
0: (laughs) Right, or because of the fact that it's become a habit that we'll have popcorn while watching a movie, or that ice cream a couple hours after dinner. Ice cream now. (laughs) Don't.
1: That's a lot of that too. Is because it's so hot outside. I probably would not want ice cream if it was cooler outside. Just like. I don't know about you, but in the cooler months, I want things like chili and soup. Yes. But yes. right now, while it's in the 90s, I don't want to see soup. I don't want to hear about soup. I don't want to know about chili.
0: No, yeah. no, no. And I'm just going to give this to our, our women out there who are listening. Um, they found out that the, it has an impact on our hormones in women. Intermittent fa- intermittent fasting can affect our hormones related to appetite and metabolism. In a so good you way? I mean, you in a good way, right? regulate your hormones... I'm all you can over regulate, it. Right? Oh, you've convinced me.
1: All right. <laughs> right. All right, if Pam. If you
0: can regulate the hormones... And listeners, if, if you want this information, if you want this research, please reach out to us on our our website and we will answer those questions and we'll get you the actual research and the sites that you can go to and check all this stuff out for yourself. So intermittent fasting, it has its flaws too, okay? So I don't want you to think that it's all beneficial and this is the secret pill because any diet or any, and this is not considered a diet a feeding pattern, has its, ups, its pitfalls. And so if you understand the benefits, you can also we want to make sure that you understand the pitfalls behind it. So we talked about nutrient deficiency. If you're not conscious and aware that that you also, if you start this, this type of eating pattern, you have to make sure that you have the nutrients needed in order to sustain it over time because if you're eating junk or just snacking during your feeding window or just, Listeners, you know.
1: she's talking about me again, okay? I'm just saying, you know, Pam, had you warned me before this episode, you know, I probably would have said, no, we're not going to talk about this, but. Right. Anyway, go <laughs> but, ahead.
0: But go you were the you were the best you were the best person <laughs> I could even think about to even talk about something it. or to dive into the research to understand it. So the thing is, we have to make sure that we are led to to uh, having nutritional foods and and to consume balance as well as sufficient vitamins, minerals, and essential nutrients. So that, when I talk about pitfalls, that's one of them. Also, medical conditions, which we talked about. Somebody who's diabetic or hypoglycemic or has an eating disorder, it may be critical that they not, 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 not. And it depends on the health care provider. They can talk to the healthcare care provider and see if it's for them or they can do it. But you know Jay, as I do, that anyone who has diabetes has to control their diet as well as their intake. So we just just be conscious of that. Also, your energy level and performance it may fluctuate on intermittent fast until your body gets accustomed, initially accustomed to the eating pattern. You may have really high days of a lot of energy and you might have really low days of, a lot of of not having any energy at all feeling completely depleted and just want to sit down somewhere and just not move and but your body will get adjusted over time but you should be cautious because that will indicate especially women who are on still having menstrual cycles, it might not be a good thing to to do intermittent fasting when you're actually having
1: so can Can you, is intermittent fasting sustainable? Like, can you just, can that be your permanent eating pattern? Or is that something that you do sporadically just to kind of reset your body?
0: I've been doing this now for a year and a half, Mm -hmm. the intermittent fasting. And I have been able to sustain it. Now, there are going to be periods like when you go out social, for a social event or something, then you can let it go. It's not going to be a big deal. You figure, okay, I'm not going to disrupt my social life for a diet. So like, say like, you want to go to a party and you know that they're going to have food. Don't say, no, 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 no. I I can't come. I can't come. It's not my feeding window. (laughs) I can only have coffee. Thank you. (laughs) Right. But you will notice something. Once you get into the eating pattern, if you go to a social event, your body will automatically tell you enough is enough.
1: Well, hopefully your body won't be telling you you need to use the bathroom. <laughs> right? And and hopefully your body will not be telling you that you have to leave because you have to use you the, have bathroom. To go to the
0: bathroom. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and you don't want to do it in the house. No, I think the only time I experienced that is when I did that twenty four hours. Okay. Once I ate, it was like, oh my gosh. It was like Really? After I ate, (laughs) after not having any food for 24 hours, I was like, couldn't get to the bathroom fast enough? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it was like, my body was like, what are you doing to me? It's like,
1: wait, (laughs) I was resting. I've only
0: done it twice. Yeah, Yeah. I was resting. Why are you introducing food when I was resting? (laughs) Right, right. Wake me up now. So let's get rid of this, right? yeah. But yeah, and then you, there's also emotional responses. So we have to think about our, our psychological uh, mindset as well when we go into these types of eating patterns because they found out that it could lead, intermittent fasting can lead to stress and anxiety um, who, for people who have like just certain disorders or emotional disorders. Sure. That's why I said it depends on the medical conditions and you really need to talk to your doctor before you even start this. If you you feel like you are 100% healthy, then I say go for it. Go for it. Give yourself at least two, three days to see how it works for you. Just set up a a pad of menu for it and the the times that you're going to eat and times you're not going to eat and then see how it does for those couple of days, and then you can determine whether it is sustainable for you. Now here it is. Long term, like I said, I've been doing this for a year and a half. So for me, that's pretty good, considering that I just ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, you know. If I wanted ice cream at nine o'clock, it was cool, I'm gonna eat this ice cream. But the moment that I stopped eating by a certain time, I felt so much better when I went to bed. Because oh, I I'm not oh laying yeah, that
1: makes sense. Bed. Yeah.
0: I'm laying on a full stomach. Oh, you know, boy, I'm, yeah. I'm, that feels just, terrible. It does. It mm. does. And the thing is, um, you'll notice after you've been doing this for a while that you can't lay down on a full stomach or you'll get sick. Because yeah. it's like your body has already adjusted itself. And it's like I said, it's like animals in a zoo. Or you, you talked about your dogs, yeah, right? Yeah. If they do not eat on schedule, they do not feel well. And you, Jay, you know that they, you've seen your animals knowing that, okay, they're not feeling 100%. Well, they won't, leave, they you they won't <laughs> leave you
1: alone. They won't leave you alone. So, really, I mean, yeah, they're not feeling good, so they're going to bug you until you pony up the right. food. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right, and give them something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we talked about the social and the, the, the social considerations that you have to do. And then, but it's better for some people, it's better than doing these yo-yo diets and these diet plans, you know, and I know, and are probably most of our listeners know, when you're doing, I don't want to call out, I don't want to call these places out because I'm not trying to give them credit, but... That WW one and that uh,
1: the points, that other and one, the other yeah, one. Mm-hmm. The, the
0: points and so forth. You're getting the food processed. It's processed food, right? So then that's a whole different, a, a whole different avenue that you're running down, and you have to think about it. In order for processed food, in order to maintain the taste, it has to have enough salt in.
1: Well, not only that not not only that when you think about the one of these programs that we're talking about is portion control where they send you i guess a cooler for every week and you're supposed to do this and you know portions right. and this. but to, we talked about this before because it's all about the money it, if you are using that as your method of of dieting or or you know keeping your weight down you can't just do that like for a month and then go back to what you were doing before, you have to keep that method of portion control continuous long-term, right? I mean, th- right. it's like you have to keep paying. <laughs> oh, right.
0: You have to you keep have to paying. paying to right. keep the
1: weight off. So same thing with the other points-driven system. I think this is the way, right. I haven't used it, but yes, maybe you know. The points-driven ones, yeah,
0: because even though points-driven one you can prepare your own food and you don't have to go by But you don't have to go with their package even though they do have cookies and chips and all kinds of things that they want to give you as snacks and so forth. Even with that, you have to understand that it's like, okay, are you getting the right nutrients? If the if the point is one and you can have a slice of pizza, you have to be, you, you have to say, okay, I can do this today. All of a sudden, you've blown your points for the week, and then you're trying to figure out what am I going to eat at the end of the week. Well,
1: to me, that's, unless you are just, have nothing else better to do in your life. Can't, you know, sitting there with the points thing, or yeah. waiting for the uh, the front door for your uh, delivery, frozen <laughs> delivery to be, right. you know, and then going through... To me, and what do I know? Oh, I would think most people are not interested in doing that. Or if they are interested, it's consuming so much of your time and your energy. Right. You know, whereas using some other approach seems to be more reasonable.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, because the thing is, I just know that I'll eat between certain times. And I'm not necessarily checking the clock. My body will say, you're hungry, go eat. And I know, and I can look at the clock and say, oh yeah, it is time for me to eat. Let me go ahead and eat, and so I know I can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the time that I have, right? Um, and I can have snacks as long as I don't go outside that window. You know, when I I start fasting, I'm more conscious of it, but I eat the same times every day. So that is the restriction on that I put on myself. Like at lunchtime, I, I ate an hour before this podcast. That's my normal lunchtime on a daily basis, and on certain on certain days of the weekend, I may just skip lunch. I don't need it because it depends on what I ate in the morning for breakfast. If I had oatmeal and with grapes, you know, I have a tendency, I like to put, cut grapes up in my oatmeal and put pumpkin seeds in it as well as honey. I know that I'm getting the nutrients that I need that moment and i may do a smoothie or but i know that okay this is going to fill me up the oatmeal will fill me up until lunchtime i don't have to worry i don't think about it i don't worry about it It's like i know it's going to do its job and so i think it's just like i said it's a way of it's a lifestyle change it's not necessarily a diet like the other two that we were talking about So there's a lot of myths about about diets out there. There's a lot of stuff. People think that we have to give up carbohydrates and we have to give up certain oils and eating fat makes us fat. None of that's true because the research has has shown that none of it's true. Our carbohydrates are necessary in order for our brains to function. So you have to have a certain amount of carbohydrates. You have to have a certain amount of fat. Even sugar is considered. A, you can find food that that is sugar laden that's carbohydrate. As long as you control the portions that you have, and so, and then of course overconsumption. And there's there's so much into the healthy fats. And we were talking about the the absorption of vitamins. The intermittent fasting. And I couldn't think of all of them. It's A, D, E, and K. Okay. So that is, it actually helps on the absorption of of those vitamins and they call them fat soluble vitamins. So it's a good thing. Mayo Clinic did uh, a study um, and they looked at assuming uh, the overconsumption of fats that lead to weight gain. And as long as it's healthy fats, like olive oil and avocado, and, you know, there's so many and nuts and and certain polyest you know polyunsaturated fats, which can fi- be found in these things, are actually very good for us, and they they will actually support a healthy heart. People always going for avocados and guacamole, and but that's fat. Yeah. When you look at it, right. that is nothing but fat. So. There's a lot of myths out there, skipping meals. People will go through this thing of, oh, I'm going to skip meal. I'm not going to have lunch today. Well, that actually slows down your metabolism. Also, it increases your hunger. So we can we can go down a rabbit hole with this as far as some of the myths. Eating fat-free food is healthy. People think that. And it's probably the worst thing that you can do to your body is eating fat-free because of the fact that most of the time, in order to kind of mask the the flavors that you find in fat-free. They add a lot of sugar and unhealthy additives in order so it doesn't leave, lose its flavor or the texture of the of the food. And we talked about the vitamin solubles, which are important, so that's, we need those. And there's so many benefits to eating, just healthy. And avoid the fat-free stuff. I mean, they had a thing, and I never did go in, too deep into it on the keto diet because some people actually are resistant to gluten, but it, it has to be a test. Just because you think the gluten-free is for you, it may not be for you. There's testing that has to be done in a medical facility in order to get that done. And Jay, I'm going to let you take it away. And I've, I've talked and talked and talked. So I'm going to let you take it away on this these medications they got out here now because this whole craze about take a pill call it a day cure your all (laughs) cure it all in a moment
1: yeah um the the magic potions that are out there now and this really ties into what you were um, referring to relative to diabetes and so recently i think that if you have listened to the news especially the health uh, portions of the news, you've heard of Ozempic, and Wagovi, and Rebelsis, and Mungero. Um, these are all injectable prescription medicines that are normally used by people who have diabetes. Um, type 2 diabetes mellitus, I believe, believe is how it's pronounced. The, this medication is used along with diet and exercise to improve blood sugar um, in adults. And this class of drugs is called GLP-1 agonists. And so there have been all kinds of uh, discussions about how um, not only does it help with diabetes, but oh my gosh, I lost a lot of weight when I uh, started you know, getting those injections. And so as time has gone on, uh, folks are thinking that they are the magic potion for losing weight. It doesn't matter if you have diabetes. I'm just going to use this because I need to lose weight, and so of course you'll
0: you'll have a doctor who will give it, so prescribe it to you, and, right?
1: And <laughs> so I can tell you personally that uh, nurse practitioner uh, gave that to me because I told her Ooh. I wanted to lose a couple of pounds. Really? Absolutely. So how did it work? Um, I can tell you that I used I they it's a self injection pen thing and I used it I think twice and it made me feel so weird and I didn't trust it you know just as a quick fix for you know losing a couple pounds I said no I was gonna say it's not too
0: much you can lose
1: (laughs) no but I I was um, and I've said this before if if it's a uh, if it's difficult to do something chances are that's the best way to go if it's the easy if you choose the easy route (laughs) it's probably not the right. best way to go. And so I I I that was the last time I tried it. Okay. I also felt guilty that I was using a medication that is normally used for people who have diabetes. And I was thinking to myself, Well wait a minute, is somebody losing out, somebody who actually needs this medication and I'm just using it because I want to lose That's a couple one of pounds. Two pounds. <laughs> I was like, no, this is this is definitely not the right way to go. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the pluses and minuses of some of these injectables that uh, have been talked about uh, on, on TV and on radio and uh, maybe some people have tried it like I have, I don't know. So, um, a recent survey in August of this year by the KFF, this is an information organization formerly affiliated with the Kaiser Family Foundation. They, they just now uh, collect data. They do surveys and collect data. They're no longer associated with uh, Kaiser. Uh, they found that 45% of adults in the United States were interested in taking prescription drugs for weight loss. Wow, do you think? Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, surprise, surprise. Because people want the easy fix. They don't want to have to diet. They don't want to have to exercise. They don't want to have to watch what they eat. They want to eat the ice cream cones like me and not have to worry about it. Right? So here's the problem with that. And I'm also going to talk about the upside of, of that particular, of these uh, injectables. So according to, um, Novo Nordisk, the pharmaceutical company behind the prescription drugs for diabetes and now weight loss, the list price for Ozempic, for example, can cost almost a thousand dollars a month. If you don't have health insurance a thousand who has a thousand dollars to be who has weight loss who has a thousand dollars I tell you what you could hire a personal trainer to come to your house for probably less than a thousand dollars and just get you exercising I'm just saying that's just me yes. all right so what is not on these commercials that I have seen when they talk about weight loss FDA has listed the most common side effects of taking Wagovi, and the Wagovi is uh, similar to Ozempic and Rebelsis and uh, Munjaro.
0: But they're in the same classification. Right.
1: So listen to these side effects, kids, listeners, everybody. <laughs> Nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, abdominal pain, headache, fatigue, indigestion, dizziness, and... Digestive orders. <laughs> so that is, that is the reason you lose weight. So exactly. <laughs> and for a thousand dollars, you too can feel like crap while you're taking this weight loss drug. I'm I just, okay. So they're not talking about the side effects right now, what came into the news recently, at least what I heard, um, had to do with gastroparesis. Gastroparesis is stomach paralysis. And this is after taking prescription weight loss medications. So that wasn't even listed in the, in the side effects. But this is a, a big deal uh, with people who have all of a sudden uh, stomach paralysis. Now, um, let me talk about something else. This article that I read, uh, and assuming that it's true, talked about the more serious complications from using those particular medications. Potential risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Pancreatitis gallbladder problems, acute kidney injury, increased heart rate. Oh, and let's not forget suicidal behavior. So I'm just saying, <laughs> listeners, do
0: your homework. Oh my gosh! Check out. The, that, is the, enough, that is enough to scare someone I, into just I, going I, I, to I, the gym, working out, changing <laughs> your eating patterns. If you want to try in the middle, just getting dense nutrient foods into your system, that is
1: enough to scare you to death. Yes, and for $1,000, you can have all of those things if you want them, right, <laughs> or one of those things. But in this uh, article I read, it said that CNN uh, did a report where two people claimed that their stomachs became paralyzed, that's that gastroparesis, yes. after taking Ozempic, also diagnosed as, wait for it, cyclic vomiting syndrome. And who wouldn't want to vomit multiple times a day? Gosh. Who would, just as you said, no ma- no wonder it's a weight loss right. injectable. <laughs> it's like, right. If you're vomiting right. or you're in the bathroom, you know, with diarrhea, then yes. why wouldn't you lose weight?
0: Absolutely. Um, you have you have taken all of the, everything out of your system. Nothing yeah. in the bowels, nothing in the stomach, nothing. Yeah, because when you said paralysis, I was like, in my mind, I was like a, Paralysis has to do with muscle, right? Yeah. And so, I'm like, oh, the stomach muscles. Well, you figure the muscle.
1: If, if I remember my biology classes from decades ago, back. it's peristalsis, mm-hmm. right, that gets your food right. down to your stomach, and then your stomach goes through muscle contractions, I believe, says, with the right. acids mm-hmm. and and all the other chemicals breaking down the food that breaking you ingest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you ingest food and then all of a sudden your stomach stops working, I imagine working. Uh, yeah. it's got nowhere to go but up and out, right? True, sure.
0: because there's no way to digest.
1: Yeah, so no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. So, but the, okay. the, the disclaimer from this article that I read said, because I, I have to read the disclaimers, I have to give the other side of the story. It says officials clarified that they were unable to determine whether taking Ozempic or Wegovy was the cause of stomach paralysis or if it was caused by a different issue. Gastroparesis can be a complication of diabetes that is related to longstanding or poorly controlled disease, further complicating the ability to determine what role the drugs played in the reported events. So I, you know, I have to give them. Uh, That could be, that
0: could be. That could be, but here it is. If, 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 it's a diabetic medicine to treat diabetes, right? And if it's going to affect, (laughs) this is what I'm just, uh, you just said the words. It's like, I'm just trying to figure out the disclaimer that they put on there is a bunch of crap. I'm just... (laughs) you know because the fact that these people are telling you and i'm sure that the study was based on more than one subject
1: i have to believe that this wasn't just some one-off thing that happened right right because
0: normally that doesn't get reported
1: right so right yeah and and another thing listeners and another thing Uh, The question was, I saw this on some, I think a morning talk show where they had a a physician on there talking about these weight loss drugs that are really diabetes regulation Uh drugs. And the question arose, so if you lose weight by taking any of these injectables, um, what happens when you stop? And the physician said, oh, well, all that weight that you lost there will probably come back. So you're talking about, you're talking about a dedication. You're talking about once you start losing weight, that you have to keep on this medication forever and ever. Amen. Right. It, it's, it's not the magic wand in my opinion, because like I said, if, if you don't have insurance, it's going to pay for this, because I think the insurance companies are having an aha moment about, Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, we're not going to pay for people who just want to use us to lose weight. We're only going to pay for those who need it for diabetes. But
0: diabetes, right. Because
1: then it becomes like a, you know, kind of a, a boutique <laughs> medication right. or right. something, it, right? Yeah,
0: and that's what's going to, and it, it, yeah. the price is going to end up dropping, right? Because right? wow. it's based on, you know, our economy is based on supply and demand, right? Yeah. So if you got enough out there in circulation, believe me, there is going to be somebody who's going to be able to sell it cheaper, Well, yeah, it's,
1: to the greatest number
0: of people, it's as well as making sure that they collect the the funds necessary, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so, so economy of scale.
1: So let's talk about demand, because Becker's Healthcare, um, which is a publication that that I look at periodically, they talk, they give information about hospitals and CEOs and, and all kinds of things. They had an article and they said, as demand for GLP-1s, such as Ozempic and Wegovy continues to surge, payers and self-insured employers are dropping coverage for the weight loss medications left and right. Okay. Demand has been accelerated through things like TikTok and advertisements around these medications, so a lot more prescriptions are being written. In reaction, payers are putting more pressure on their, I don't know what PBMs stands for, but they say PBMs, Uh, to introduce prior authorization or create more hurdles to getting access or just dropping them from the formulary entirely but what's interesting to me is further in this article because you know we talk about follow the money right right follow the money follow the money follow the money the The, um, pharmaceutical companies (laughs) The pharmaceutical companies, Eli Lilly and Novo, who I mentioned earlier, were their stocks were uh, uh, both up by more than 10% in early trading. Oh. And shareholders have reason to celebrate. <laughs> do you think? What? Do you think, think they have reason to celebrate, Pam? <laughs> yes, they do. Because I'm yes, thinking, they do. <laughs> you know, Wagobi's list price is about $13,600 annually. That's that's I I don't know if that's I think that's without insurance. Medicare Crazy. does I know Medicare does not cover these drugs. Um, they said if they did cover those drugs, um, it would cost Medicare that program twenty seven billion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Billion that's billion with a B. Wow. So I just. Uh, <laughs> For now, doctors are prescribing more of Mungero and Wagovi than the companies can make with a lack of manufacturing capacity, frequently frequently leading to shortages. But you and I both know they're probably getting ready to open up some kind of manufacturing facilities all over the place to yes, address Yes, indeed.
0: Because I just, while, while you were talking, I said, let me just look up what the stock price was as of today for one chair of Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. $528 and 28 cents. Oh boy. For one share. So you can imagine, you can imagine. And if you go back uh, six months from, from today, the stock prices was around three something. And that was six months. If you go back a year, you're talking about three ten, which is normal for us, for a pharmaceutical company but at $528 for one share as of today.
1: Let me buy a hundred. Right. Let, let me just buy a hundred right now. Right. So. Right. Right. But so let me, so let me do a flip side. Let me talk about the, the, the pluses of, the, of these particular drugs. They found that the uh, plus side of these medications was that uh, they helped prevent strokes and heart attacks. Um, the pharmaceutical company called Novo said uh, that patients in a long-term trial of the first of its kind had 20% fewer heart attacks, strokes, and cardiovascular deaths combined than those who received a placebo. So the reduction surpassed the study's goal of demonstrating at least a 17% reduction in risk. Now, that particular study excluded patients with diabetes. These were just...
0: <laughs> these oh, were just, wait a minute. No, nope,
1: nope, but, <laughs> but hang on hang on to your hat. Okay. Hang on to your hat. Okay. So the good news is um, the study of, of Wagovi, the sister drug of Ozempic, had previously found that the Novo drug reduced the incidence of adverse cardiac events by about 26% relative placebo, even with diabetes. Uh, patients who were taking it for diabetes. So it, the good news is it reduces cardiovascular events in those who take it for weight loss weight and in loss. those who are taking it legitimately okay. for diabetes. Okay. But I still have to ask, what would, would the same, would the same apply if those patients were not taking those injectables but they were maybe exercising three times a week right. and for a thousand dollars or more a month if you don't have insurance or your insurance doesn't cover it wouldn't you rather get a personal trainer I'm not even saying I'm not even saying sign up for a gym because gyms right. are even cheaper than that at least they Absolutely. are in the United States I don't know what <laughs> anywhere else in the world but could can you Spend a thousand dollars on Joe or Judy to come out and, and have you exercise, or maybe a, a at your, personal at your house meal planner. Yeah, right, right, or maybe a <laughs> meal planner. If if, you're, right. if your weakness is, is food, mm-hmm. maybe hire somebody to a personal okay. chef or something. I don't know. But for a thousand dollars, you could do that very easily. I bet you you could, and you wouldn't have to worry about insurance covering it. Right, I'm just saying. Wow. So, wow, there's, there's a no magic wand, um, really. There, there really isn't. isn't. There a
0: to weight mm-hmm. loss, and and not everybody. And we've talked about this on on many of our podcasts. Not everybody is the same. Everybody is unique in who they are, the way their metabolism works, the way their their, you know, their body functions, brain functions. Everybody is unique. So, what may work for your friend. And I tell people all the time, what may work for your friend may not work for you. So just because you see something on TikTok or YouTube or, you know, (laughs) how they can do this and this, 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 and this, approach it with caution. Talk to your healthcare provider because Jay and I both will say all the time, we're not physicians and we don't play one on TV, so... But well, we try to give you enough information so that you can go out and make an educated decision about your life and your well being specifically for you. Yep, We're take just control. here to, yeah, absolutely. We're here just to provide you with information. So let's get to our response on the trivia question. What What is so good, Jay, about laughing? Tell me. So, I feel like I'm laughing nowadays more so during than I did during COVID.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I gotta tell you, I um I I was married for almost ten years without laughing very much. Um and that's that's another podcast, but I could tell you that I was not a happy person. um, because I didn't laugh. Because I've always laughed. I've always, you know, surrounded my you do here or as Almost. i do here yes as i do here <laughs> and i do by myself right. when i'm watching tv even yeah. so so this is legitimate what's so good about laughing the mayo clinic everybody's heard about the mayo clinic right the short-term benefits of a good laugh are stimulate the many organs in our bodies are stimulated now uh, it enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air it stimulates your heart and your lungs and your muscles It increases the endorphins. Everybody's heard of endorphins, right? That are released by your brain. Who doesn't want to have extra endorphins? Laughter activates and relieves your stress response. A rollicking laugh, according to the Mayo Clinic, fires up and then cools you down for your stress (laughs) response. It can increase and.
0: In I like that. <laughs> I like this so much. It's play. Like, set you on fire and cool you off.
1: Real quick. That's right. It, it gets you going and then you cool down. Um, it decreases your heart rate and your blood pressure. I mean, what's what's wrong with that? It soothes <laughs> tension. It can stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation. Um, so that reduces some of the physical symptom, symptoms of stress. That's just short-term, that's like immediate. So long-term effects. It's not just a a quick thing, it's also good for you over the long-term. So get this, this is from the Mayo Clinic, I'm not making this up, okay? I couldn't make it up even if I tried. So laughter improves your immune system. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. By contrast, positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that help fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses. It relieves pain. It increases personal satisfaction, um, makes it easier to cope with difficult situations, and it helps to connect with other people. And I, I can attest to that, because right. I tell you what, if you can get somebody to laugh at your corny jokes, like Pam, you know, laughs at mine, <laughs> Right. No, I, I rely on her to laugh at my at my tacky and corny jokes all the time. And, and
0: I, 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 I definitely I appreciate the offer of amusement every time we get together. <laughs> Believe me, it helps me.
1: Yeah, I think it helps both of us. So, the bottom line is try to get some laughter in your life. Try to try to laugh at silly things. Um, take
0: time to chuckle, right? Yeah, and, and sometimes it's if you just put a smile on your face when something bad has happened, for some reason it just makes you feel better.
1: It does. It does. <laughs>
0: Even if the smile is fake, it's those muscles that activate what's happening in the brain, you know? Yeah, yeah, get those endorphins <laughs> rocking and rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listeners, this is TB and Jay, and we'll hope you join us for our next episode we don't know what we're talking about but you know what we're always here to have fun <laughs> and and get a good laugh at every now and then